going to work every day and I felt like something was really missing. Um, felt like my soul was slowly getting crushed every day, sitting through meetings. It was like Groundhog Day, honestly. I actually didn't even tell my mum I had lost my job for six months. I could have gone, well, I'm gonna go look for another job or I could actually go and follow my dream. If you knew how hard business is from the very beginning, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't pursue it as, you know. <laughs> Hello, welcome to this episode of the Make It Happen Show. I'm Tim Morris from The Entourage. Today, we're joined by Cheryl Tai. She was the co-founder and director of Cupcake Central that she recently exited out of, and is the CEO and co-founder of the League of Extraordinary Women, which has a community of over 200,000 people. Now, Cheryl is a great friend of The Entourage. She's been along our journey almost for the entire time. This is though the first time I've met her, so I really enjoyed hearing her story hearing about how she established Cupcake Central with just $2,000 and then built it into a really fantastic business that's gonna live on into perpetuity. So we talk about that journey, we talk about the highs and the lows of building a business. We talk about Cheryl then meeting the entourage community and, and making some lifelong friends through that. Her business partners in the League of Extraordinary Women all came from the entourage as well. So it's a great story that talks about the, the things that you need to focus on as you build a business, how it's not always uh, as easy and fun as you think. Uh, there's systems and there's processes you need to put in place, but if you do that like Cheryl did, you can build a really fantastic business. Let's get into it. Welcome Cheryl, it is so good to have you on the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really great. Yeah, it's a nice sunny day today, so nothing rather I would do than just have a chat to you guys. and. Yeah. It's so funny, so we haven't met before, but I've heard your story so much here around the entourage, sort of the, in, the, in the halls, I uh, hear, heard your journey. So it's great to have you on the show uh, and we can dig into it more uh, and I can really get to know you. So where I'd love to kick off is, uh, you've now built two successful businesses. Um, going back to Cupcake Central, uh, you took that from you know just $2,000 and grew it into five stores, you sold over 2 million cupcakes, which is amazing. So how did you make that happen? Yeah, well, um, it really started when, I guess I went over to New York when I was 21, right? That's where the passion got ignited within me. So went over to New York, went to this amazing cupcake bakery or bakery, it's called Magnolia Bakery. Um, and I just, yeah, went in, saw these cupcakes, had my first bite of a cupcake and thought, this is it. This is, I've fallen in love with cupcakes. Came back to Melbourne and started trying to recreate that and develop this dream to bake cupcakes for a living. At the time, I was still in corporate, so had just started my corporate career working for a global US firm. And I thought that was my dream job uh, working, traveling, making lots of money, working nine to five, all of that sort of jazz. But it really just started to make me question what is life about? Like I was going into work every day and I felt like something was really missing. Um, felt like my soul was slowly getting crushed every day, sitting through meetings. It was like Groundhog Day, honestly. So I just kept dreaming about this cupcake bakery I would own one day. And, and yeah, um, you know, during the GFC, 2009 the fallout of the GFC I went into work one day and my boss basically said to me you no longer need to go to work and here's a yellow envelope that was my redundancy package 
and I could go home and that was it. So in that moment, I felt so gutted. I didn't know what I was going to do. It was, yeah, it was a moment that was, yeah, really defined my future because I could have gone, well, I'm going to go look for another job or I could actually go and follow my dream. Did you have anyone to emulate? Like, is your family entrepreneurial or, or did you know someone that had really followed their dream or were you really setting out on your own? Well, my parents did have a couple of businesses. Uh, they ran businesses for many years and unfortunately um, it didn't work out for them. And and so I saw the, the really great highs and the really low lows of entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, just something inside of me just knew very early on that I didn't want to work for someone. I really wanted to create my own thing. So there's this great silver lining to this uh, sudden end to your corporate high-flying career. Um, and then, so how did you go through that kind of, how did you go through that decision-making process and establishment phase, like to go from corporate to, to launching something you've been dabbling in? How did that go? Well, it was, it was definitely something that I had to navigate by myself. It was really isolating. I actually didn't even tell my mum I had lost my job for six months. So I was telling her that I was working from home as a consultant and she's like, okay, cool. A bit weird, but okay, whatever. But I would, yeah, every day, some days I would actually drive out to a cafe and work from the cafe the whole day. So I just pretended I was going to work really. Um, so there was a lot of sacrifices, had to move back home. I got my kitchen registered, um, Googled everything on how to start a business. So I guess there were no business programs or entrepreneurship programs back then. It was just all Google and figuring out for myself. Um, but yeah, started off with less than $2,000. And I think within the first three months, I was starting to get so many orders that I realized that, okay, I'm onto something here. I was making more money um more money baking cupcakes and selling cupcakes over the weekend at markets and doing online orders than I was working in the corporate world so that was the light bulb moment that I thought okay I can make this happen I can make it work yeah well it's that real you get that real product to market fit which is it's so elusive for so many you know early stage businesses but when like when you got it when you're like I always say it's as soon as you're like oh wow like, I can't quite keep up with this. I'm going to have to really get my skates on. Like, you know, you're onto something. So you obviously had that. You're like, great, we've done the weekend markets. And then how did you go getting into the first store? Or, or when did that happen? What was that process? Well, the first thing was that I knew that if I didn't have some goal set or timeline scheduled, I would probably never do it. And so um, when, I, when I got my redundancy package, I knew that I could survive for six to nine months right comfortably and so I really needed to figure out how to make money fast and revenue just to support my living otherwise I would have to go back to the dreaded corporate world which I really did not want to do um so yeah I think it was around nine months I I realized okay we could probably go out and open a store so my business partner who's also my ex-boyfriend um we decided uh that we would go out and, and uh you know apply for a loan from the bank um leverage um you know a property to do that and then yeah the first day got approved we thought okay let's go out and find find the store um so even from the very early stages of starting my business from home, I knew data was really important. 
and being in IT and stuff like that. So I just knew that I need to capture as much data as I could. So every order that would take, I would make sure that, you know, I have their address. And so we kind of just went through the list of postcodes and realized, you know, there was um, an affluent part of uh, Melbourne that we were delivering cupcakes or I was delivering cupcakes to mainly. Where was your uh, Melbourne hotspot? Yeah, it was like Malvern, Caulfield, you know, Turak, so around the, the eastern suburbs. And so, yeah, the first day we kind of got our loan approved. We thought, okay, let's just, for fun, go out there and look for a store. Um, but I really think that it was just so serendipitous how we found the store because it was the first day. We just thought we'd drive on drive down one side of Glenferry Road all the way to the other just to see if there were any store, you know, vacancies and when we hit Hawthorne it was it was just one of those light bulb moments we just um passed a (laughs) it's really really silly but we passed a a Lamborghini it was a bright orange Lamborghini Super Leggera which is um you know my ex-business partner's favorite car and so we were like whoa okay let's stop here that seems like a sign and then we saw a Schnitt store which was uh, one of the guys that he used to play, uh, he played soccer with. He's like, oh yeah, they just opened up, you know, their first Shinit store and this is before, you know, they blew up and became this, you know, mega franchise. Um, And then we walked down the strip and found this empty store vacancy, this new lot of of stores or shops. And that was it, we saw it and I just thought, this is it, you know, it's perfect. This is exactly what I've dreamt about. It had like, a split level with downstairs where I could have the kitchen and yeah it was just one of those moments that I thought everything's just coming together. <laughs> yeah wow there's a clear sign and so and so how do you actually how do you set up a cupcake store like what's the process what do you need? Well that's a very loaded question but honestly we had no idea because we've never been in hospi- hospitality before it, in many ways we were so naive get, coming into it and I think if you knew how hard business is from the very beginning, you probably wouldn't wouldn't pursue it as, you know. <laughs> That's what almost all entrepreneurs say. Actually, they go like, "If I knew how hard this was at the beginning, I don't I don't know if I would have taken the same path." But the great thing is, we're all such optimists that that even forewarned with that, you're going to do it anyway, right? If you're like, "This is what I want to do." No matter how many people say, "Oh, it's it's a much harder road than you anticipate," you're, you're going to be like. I can do it really well. So, well, so you did that. So, so you like get into the store. Well, I suppose you would have had to figure out licenses and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Then getting staff in there. How did that go? Well, you know, at the very beginning, it was super hard because, um, yeah, we. It was just I, I had my brother help me out and my business partner's um, brother help us out, and it was like a real family-run business because we couldn't afford to pay staff. Our very first hire was a, a proper a proper pastry chef. So I'm not qualified as a, you know, pastry chef at all and never, I've completely self-taught. So I taught myself just watching YouTube clips and, and just trial and error. Um, but I knew that I needed to hire someone that was much more experienced than myself, that was had worked in the kitchen, understood how to set it up and things like that. So I knew from the get-go that, you know, if we had money to reinvest into the business, we needed to find the best people possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's going to free you up to then start building the business. Like if you were stuck there in that first store making every cupcake, it's not going to go 
much further than that. So, so that's yeah, that's an integral but smart move as well. So then, how quickly um, did you then get the other stores up and running, and and when, and what was the focus on online? How did that go? Well, we we knew that from the very beginning that online would be a really great channel for us because even before we opened up the store, I had already sold cupcakes online and delivering them from my home and etc. So that was yeah, that was definitely yeah from the very beginning we knew online would be a great channel for us and it ended up you know being thirty percent of our business uh, and I guess yeah the first nine months was crazy it was so. Um, I mean, the first few months were so tough that every day I was like, what am I doing? You know, there's no people coming into the store. We were trying to get, you know, people to sample cupcakes. Um, But eventually word got out. We started, you know, just posting it on Facebook and and friends were telling friends. And, and yeah, we started to get a little bit busier. Um, And probably around the ninth, nine months mark I just realized that I was just working so hard it was seven days a week uh 14 to 15 hours a day I'd be waking up at 4 a.m heading to to the store to bake cupcakes then cleaning the kitchen then serving customers closing up the store doing the books trying to do some marketing and by the time I got home it was like 10 o'clock and so it would just it was a big um yeah it was really tough and I think in my mid twenties, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand what burnout was, and I just kind of powered through with a lot of adrenaline and and excitement. But got to a stage where, what I call is my bake down, <laughs> and I and I, it was so exhausted. I was putting red velvet cupcakes into the or pulling them out of the oven, and it was just so heavy. I dropped the whole tray, um, and these are like industrial trays, so they're not like little cupcake trays dropped it and I was just like over it ran up to one of the cupboards upstairs and locked myself in there and cried for a whole hour um and actually in that moment or that that evening I started thinking about okay this is not my dream I did not have a dream to work 15 16 hours a day and have it on repeat um even though it was you know, fulfilling a dream of mine, it just didn't feel like it. And I thought, okay, I must be doing something wrong. I need to go out there and find other people that have been able to make business work and really love their life. So I started Googling on, on Facebook or just just going on Facebook. And for some reason, um, this ad for Entourage popped up and it was the first unconvention. And I remember you get to pay whatever your age is or something. So I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I've never seen any business networking groups, right? So I just kind of applied to it and um, it was on the weekend. It was like a couple of days out. So I decided to, yeah, I decided to go in and and, and see what it was all about. Um, but we couldn't get out of work until midday. So I think it was like after I finished baking and things like that. So my business partner and I rocked up to the unconvention. And as soon as I walked in, it was that moment where, Morello was standing up on the on the chairs, getting everyone to stand up and start yelling, living the dream. And and I was like, oh my goodness, like what is this? Is this some sort of weird cult? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone else would have been warming up to that over the first like three or four hours. And you walk in, I know that moment well when Morello's getting everyone super fired up. But it would have been it would have been quite exciting as well though. You're like, what have I walked into? Yeah, it was incredible. And I think 
even just after listening to a couple of the speakers, I'm like, oh, wow, I feel like I've met, I've met my people. These are my people because I was, I was, I felt so isolated. I didn't know anyone else in business at that point. Um, all my friends were still in corporate and I just felt so lonely just running a business, even though I had my business partner, but we were just kind of trying to figure everything out. And that's so, so common. Like even, um, you know, what are we now about like t- 10 years later? Yes, there are more and more people going into business and it's, it's sort of seen as a little bit more of a, um, you know, normal pathway now, but still, even today, a decade later, most people don't know a lot of other business owners. Like still most of your family and friends are like, work for a big corporate or do a more traditional path. And then when you're like pulling your hair out and you're like, I, I can't figure out how to break through this or, I, or I'm having these staff challenges or like, what is a P&L and what do I do with it? You know, there's not many people that most business owners can talk to. And so, yeah, when you when you first start realizing, you know, there's there's more of these crazy people out there <laughs> that we can really, you know, share some of the challenges. That's, um, well, it must have been super empowering for you. I know it is for, for me and, and all the other members we see as well. So, um, who did, like, who were some of the people that you met then? I know you've still got great friends from back there. Uh, amazing. I mean, I think we were in the very first uh, group of the Entourage program um, and Ross Festuka, Dave Festuka, I know those guys really well. Um, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Smith from KX Pilates. So, you know, I still, yeah, I see them quite often, which is really great. And then also I met my co-founders for League of Extraordinary Women through there. So it, it's been, um, yeah, just one of those moments again, very serendipitous. I feel like the universe, you know, just kind of gave me what I needed in that moment. And um, if it weren't for all the people that I've met through Entourage and obviously Morello, you know, Morello and I would go back to Cambodia every year. Um, it's been five years in a row. Didn't get to go this year, but, you know, it's just one of these, it, they're just French, lifelong friendships um, that have been amazing. Thankfully, you didn't uh, walk in, see everyone chanting on a chair and walk straight back out. <laughs> no, I thought, yeah, I thought, you know, these, these people are crazy and I love it because I'm crazy too. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, let's, um, actually, maybe let's fast forward a little bit. Let's talk about League of Extraordinary Women um, and maybe you can tell us a bit about that journey. Uh, I love that you met your co-founders through the Entourage. We, we say all the time that we've, um, but yeah, we've, we've put so many business uh, co-founders together, also partners together. There's been marriages and babies out of the Entourage, uh, both business and real. So yeah, I'd love to hear a bit about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was probably about a year into, well, maybe at the, yeah, around a year into Entourage, I kind of met um, my co-founders or even early on, but we didn't really start the league until a year later. But um, we just thought, oh, you know, we just used to catch up for breakfast every every fortnight, catch up, just the four of us. And we thought maybe there are other women out there that are feeling the way we do because I felt as though we connected on a different, in a different way. Um, we would normally have, you know, brunch or, you know, go for cupcakes and coffee and then talk about all the, the things that we were going through um, and how tough business is really. Um, it just became this, this way that we could open up and be honest and vulnerable to each other and learn from each other. Um, so we just thought, hey, you know, let's create a group pop it on Facebook and see where it takes us. Uh, we thought maybe we would create an event or it was just really a night out at a bar and just have some maybe 20 women rock up. Anyway, we posted up on Facebook 
and this is nine years ago now, so back then, um, you know, you didn't need to pay for ads or anything like that. Organic reach, it was beautiful. Yeah, exactly. It, and it went absolutely viral. So within three weeks, we had 160 women show up to our event. And, you know, we had a couple of speakers there. It was just, um, yeah, this moment where it just took on a life of its own, really. And people started messaging us from Brisbane, Sydney, Hobart even, um, Adelaide. And then, yeah, we just had people wanting to bring the league over there and we started all these kind of meetups across Australia. Now we've run over 400 events and conferences that, yeah, just empower women and especially women in business. I'd, I'd love to actually know a little bit more about what are some of the particular challenges for women in, in business in general and entrepreneurial business specifically? I think for women, we do connect in a different way. Uh, and it's not to segregate men and women. I love hanging out with guys as well. I think um, where where it's different is that not all women are extroverted. They uh, might be a little bit more reserved in terms of going out there and meeting people. And we found that we needed to create a space that was safe, uh, safe enough for them just to open up. So what we do was to to bring in speakers that were really open, uh, they'd tell their stories, not sugarcoat it, tell people how it is. And that just kind of started this conversation for everyone to feel comfortable going, actually, yeah, business isn't great for me. So, so back on the Cupcake Central journey, um, and how you, uh, it's great. It seems like it, nine months is your thing, right? Like you were hustling for nine months and then you open the first store and you were hustling there and you were stuck in there and you realized you had to get out. Um, you know, what were the next steps that you took to really build the business? Well, yeah, I think it is, it's one of these things where you keep having to level it, level up, right? Um, and I guess when we did the first entourage, I think scalable and saleable program, we were the first first group in there. It was really tough to even get us out of the business to attend those meetings. So they were once a month. And I just remember the first month, it was so hard for us to even get there on time. We we ended up getting a whole heap of phone calls throughout the meeting because our staff didn't know what they were doing. We were just always troubleshooting. And I couldn't even see a way out. Like I felt like, I mean, how can we even leave our business? It had been nine months. We'd been working there you know, all the time, there wasn't a moment that we stepped away. So the first thing I realized was that I had to start working on the business, not in the business. And so that tiny little milestone of getting away, you know, once a month for half the day became our goal. So during that, you know, in between the months, we would systemize everything, teach all of our staff, all the questions that they were trying to call us and uh, get answers from us. And, you know, eventually it was like maybe even three or four months, we saw such a big transformation because we were surrounded by people and getting taught ways to scale our business without us being in there. And, you know, yeah, it was really awesome. And, and you know, even over the, the year, we we then um, got the opportunity to open up a store in Melbourne Central. At that time, everyone was telling us it'll be impossible to get a store in a shopping centre. You know, I would hear things like, oh, you need to have like five years of rent in the bank. You need to have 10 years of experience in retail. Uh, no one will, will let you in. Um, it'd be really difficult. Uh, but 
I actually got this call from Melbourne Central. So GPT called us up and said, hey, we really love your brand, what you're doing with Cupcake Central. Um, look, you know, we've got all these stores, you know, this brand new area opening up. Do you want to come in and see this space? I know where it was. It was You were near the tower in the middle uh, of Melbourne Central, yeah, just down one of those, um, maybe, I don't know, 100 metres or so away from that. I, I, I know exactly where that store was. That's amazing. Yeah. And so even, you know, back then I thought, no way could we ever be in there. But, hey, let's just entertain this call. We'll go and, and check out this space. So we're still in construction. We had to wear our um, high-vis vests and hard hat, walked in. And the moment I saw her, I'm like, this is it. We have to make it happen. I don't know how. We don't have the money. We don't even know what we're really doing. But let's let's try to make it happen. And as soon as we kind of set that vision in place, started th- things just started to fall into place. Um, I knew that to get people on our journey, we had to sell the vision. So it didn't matter if we didn't have the revenue or the funds, the capital, the staff or anything planned out yet, we had to sell the vision. So back then I had no idea about pitching, uh, didn't even know what you know pitch decks were, but I thought I'm going to create this PowerPoint presentation and show them what my vision is. So I went through you know a few things that, that um, the program, the entourage program taught me. It was like, what are your values? What is your vision? All that sort of stuff. Put it up all up in a PowerPoint presentation. And then I started to think creatively, like how can we win this pitch over all the other retailers that are, are wanting to get into this space? So I thought, well, the newest thing is that people want to see, people want to see a kitchen. People want to see you know, I thought back to Magnolia Bakery and why it was so successful was that people could see you bake cupcakes and decorate cupcakes. So I thought, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to create a space that's completely open. People could see into our kitchen. They could see us bake the cupcakes fresh. And then I thought, okay, what's another crazy idea we could do? Let's teach people how to bake cupcakes. Let's run masterclasses in the kitchen and invite people into this space. Because what it will do is it will attract customers um, to our store. And I thought about from, you know, Melbourne Central's point of view, why would they want us in there? Uh, and, you know, it really came down to our following. And also for them, they want it, they want people going into, into the shopping centre. They want um, people visiting the space. And so when I pitched to them, we were going to do masterclasses and workshops for people to learn how to bake cupcakes. They were really excited and were sold on the idea. So we actually won the yeah won that space over a couple of other big retailers or food food retailers, and um, they even gave us a fit out contribution, which I had no idea about. So they they just said, look, you know, because um, it's a brand new space, we'll give you a hundred k. We'll give you a hundred k to fit out the space. And we're like, what? We didn't even know this. <laughs> we didn't even know that we could do that and you know that kind of yeah was a huge boost into us being able to open that second store and for you you were probably like you're like wait a minute i hadn't really even thought how much fitting this space out was going to cost <laughs> and they say oh here's 100k you're like it was going to cost that much <laughs> dodge that one yeah uh so that was that was store number two right and then uh, and, and then f- from there you know next couple of years you know what was the rollout um the other stores, what were some of the growing pains as you started? Like now you're getting to a pretty sizable business, right? What, what was that like? 
Yeah, I mean, when we, there was a moment where I just woke up one day and, and we went to go see our accountants and they're like, yeah, you're making well over a million dollars now. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. I, I, did, I mean, I was just so busy working the business. I just had no idea, right? I just thought, yeah, as long as we're paying our bills and, you know, being able to expand and things like that. I wasn't, I wasn't the numbers person, my business partner was. So it was just a real shock. And I thought, wow, this little dream of me opening up one cupcake store has now become two. And then we got um, more opportunities to open up in the other shopping centers. And so, you know, um, the first, yeah, the first three years was manic. We opened up three stores in three years, completely self-funded. You know, we didn't take investors um, yeah, in or anything like that. We reinvested every penny we had back into the business, um, you know, and our staff as well. So it was, it was all down to systems and processes, honestly. If we didn't have that set from the get-go. It would have fallen apart really easily. What do you, um, you know, getting specific on systems and processes, like I mean, I'm a huge fan of that. I say all the time, systems are sexy. Uh, try and bring everyone along that journey. Um, what were some of the most important systems and processes that you guys put in place to allow you to keep scaling? I mean, obviously we were very um, much a face-to-face customer service-based business. So everything from the moment you step into the store, what would that look like? Turn on the lights, turn on the coffee machine. So we listed every little step out. We made sure that our training was spot on and you know, it is hard when you're growing really quickly as well and you're having to manage so many teams and staff. We had uh, store managers, but yeah, but we had a really great team culture as well. So I think, you know, our team really understood how much we loved the business. We weren't here to just make money and profit. We were here because we wanted to put smiles on people's faces and we were here to, um, I mean, our whole vision was, was, you know, um, hatch that dream was our, our slogan. So it was more more than just a cupcake. And I used to tell my staff, like, hey, we're not here in the business of selling cupcakes. We're here as a business selling emotions and feelings because when people walk away, they you want them to feel good. Um, and so that was, yeah, pretty much how we kind of grew the business and, yeah, expanded. Having those like vision, mission, values, it's, yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've talked about it, we talk about it here at the Honor all the time. It's just so important in a fast, dynamic, growing business because of all those things like that's what gets your employees to really buy in. Um, that's what keeps you motivated when you're doing, you know, seven days a week, 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's like, what am I doing this for? Um, you wouldn't have won that tender against all these other established food businesses um, or won the space if, if you hadn't had a really compelling vision, mission and, and values. It's kind of what, when you're building something out of nothing, you need something for people to rally around and, and that stuff is just so important. Um, I'm sure it's something you've kind of like continued on with as well into, into your next ventures as well. Um, so with Cupcake Central, like where's Cupcake Central at today? Yeah, well, well, I actually exited the business uh, early last year, so 2019. Um, and yeah, I just decided that it was my time to go out and find a new path for myself. I've always been really interested in tech and that's where I started off with. But yeah, Cupcake Central is still around. It's um, still got its stores. Obviously with COVID happening, it's, it's currently all, all shut down in, in Melbourne, but still going great thumbs really. Um, and, and that's because the brand has outlived like, like what we started. It's really a life of its own. 
Well, well done. Congratulations. Like you really got to a great place, uh, despite all the chaos that's going on for it. Uh, well, let's talk about your focuses uh, today. So, so your other business, League of Extraordinary Women, and I don't, did you give me a little hint that you're working on some tech project as well there? Like I'd love to hear what, what's keeping you occupied these days. Yeah, I mean, the League has been around for nine years now. We've always done a lot of events. We've run over 400 events and huge conferences. And, you know, it's been really, really rewarding. I think it got to a stage where I thought, okay, I really want to get back into tech. Um, it's on hold for for the moment. We did launch something um, late last year. And then coming into the new year, I thought, oh, maybe it's my time to raise capital for it. I really want to create a startup. But um, yeah, just currently, I'm just putting it on hold, but just pivoting like everyone else. You know, we're unable to run any events at the moment. We're restricted in so many ways. But we've, like every other entrepreneur out there, has tried to pivot as, as best as we can. So we've got like a virtual like events and, and a membership base at the moment. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, just dabbling in a couple of ideas here and there, taking this time to recoup and think about what my next steps are. Yeah, well, it's a good time to do that. It's like out of times of like out of 2008, 2009, lots of great businesses came out of that, including Cupcake Central. And there's going to be tons of great businesses that come out of this period. And it'll be, um, you know, I I think there's a lot of opportunity um, as we, you know, fingers crossed, emerge. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, businesses like League, like the Entourage to have, you know, very heavy face-to-face like kind of network components. There's, there's opportunities to take, I think, the best of the past of how we used to do things and the best of kind of the new way of doing things. Um, there's that, that opportunity. And then, yeah, for brand new businesses, there's so much opportunity coming out of like people, like everything's, everything will be different. I'm so um, heavily tied into the entrepreneur community here that, you know, these the past six months have been the best months for some of the businesses. Uh, they pivoted online where, you know, their online sales have skyrocketed. Uh, Aaron, I was just chatting to Aaron a couple of weeks ago with KX Pilates and it's hard. I mean, his, his studios are still open in everywhere else but Melbourne. But what they've kind of done to to pivot is that they've been hiring out their equipment <laughs> so people can get their equipment into their homes and, it's not so much making profit for them. It was. It's more than. It's more about the brand. Um, you know, ensuring that the customers are still, still, you know, tied into the brand and and being involved. Yeah, and and if you talk about you know the vision of the business, and so yeah, I know Aaron. I know he's got a, a real vision of helping people get like fit and healthy and look after themselves, and like, that doesn't stop. In fact. It definitely doesn't stop during a pandemic. It gets even more important, right? So if he could figure out how to how to get to his get to his members and help them through the whole challenging time, then that's why he's in it. That's why he's doing it. And actually, one of um, one of the co-founders of the league, Sarah Regalhuth, who I met, yeah, uh, met through Entourage. She's you know she had been working on a startup called Grow My Team for many years, and it's uh, this global pandemic is actually boosted her business because Grow My Team is all about, um, you know, virtual virtual teams. And so she's in the process of, of launching something new. So there's just so many opportunities that come out during this time. And I think it is about surrounding yourself with the right people, uh, surrounding yourself with people that are optimistic, that are looking at ways to pivot, being super creative, 
Like when you surround yourself with these people that are doing so well, it just makes you think, okay, I need to step up and I need to think about what is possible rather than what's wrong in the world. Um, And, you know, I often say that you're the average of five people you spend the most time with. And, and I, you know, credit Entourage to, to helping me find those five people that I surround myself with. Um, it's been a huge journey. And I think if, you, if you're struggling to find those people, go out there and find networks and, and communities that, that will get you closer. Yeah, you level up the people that you're spending time with and the kind of conversations you're having and the thinking that you're doing. Yeah, you, you'll definitely go on the journey as well. Okay, I have a couple of final questions. Now, I haven't seen them. You haven't seen them. We try and make these happen in a minute-ish. Um, and so uh, so it's like short, sharp, rip through them. First thing that comes to mind, you're ready to go? <laughs> yep. All right, number one, what was the best investment you made in Cupcake Central that helped grow the business? Ooh. Uh, definitely self-development programs, things like that. Yeah, anything to do with self-development. Great, excellent. Uh, what is the best advice you have for anyone struggling this year? Um, you are more resilient than you think. Very, very powerful. Number three, what does success mean to you today? Success for me is freedom. Freedom to do what I want, when I want, where I want. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the dream for when you go on this entrepreneurial journey as well, isn't it? You get you get trapped in there for a while, but then you've, you're coming out the other side with more freedom. Than I think you've had for a fair while, so well done. All right, ah, this is this is very important. Okay, this is very important. What is your favourite cupcake flavour? Uh, definitely the salted caramel. I agree. Salted caramel is awesome. Sal- salted caramel across anything, uh, sweet or dessert wise, is just it's the best. How can you beat it? All right, final question. If someone wants to build their confidence in selling themselves and their business, what is the one thing they need to do to make it happen? Surround yourself with good people. So good people that believe in you. Yep, fantastic. And that'll build up your confidence. Well, yeah, great people that believe in you will build up your confidence and then you project that. Very wise words. Excellent. So um, I've loved having you on the show. This has been a really great conversation. I do feel like we really know each other now. So we've, we've certainly uh, ticked that box that we've gone through. Um, yeah, I've loved hearing the journey. Like, well done on, on what you did with Cupcake Central and building to a point where you can exit. That's, I mean, that's a great achievement for any business owner to, to build something that will last beyond them. So, so well done on that. Um, I think everything you do with League of Extraordinary Women is really valuable as well. I hope, hope you can get back to a bit of sense of normality there. Um, and keep getting everyone together and, and good luck with your next um, your next venture. I'm going to be keeping a pretty eagle eye on what it is and, and following along. Thanks, Tim. And thanks to everyone at the Entourage and Jack and Morello. Uh, if it weren't for you guys, like, honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today. So really um, hold Entourage close to my heart. So thanks, guys. Great. Glad we could play just a little part in your journey. Thank you very much, Cheryl Ty. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Make It Happen Show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And it doesn't need to end there. We've actually gone and grabbed a whole bunch of extra resources for you. Behind the scenes footage, videos from this and all the other episodes, as well as show notes that you can grab for free. Just head along to www.the-entourage.com podcast and you can grab all those extra resources. Thanks for tuning in and I cannot wait to introduce you to our next guest on the next episode.